Hey everybody, this is the Huh Podcast with Garrett, Christian, and Micah, where we want to dive into deeper topics and bridge cultural and societal trends through the lens of scripture. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Huh Podcast. We are looking forward to discussion uh, that will take place today. Our question today that we uh, will be centering our discussion around is do relationships with others affect our relationships with God? And so we're really going to dive in today into that question, uh, looking at relationships with others, looking at the spiritual discipline of community, and looking at how that affects our relationship with God. So, Garrett, Christian, uh, excited to be back with you guys. What's man. up? Welcome See, back from vacation. Yeah. Can I say that? Yeah. The vacation yeah. that never happened. The vacation that yeah. never happened. I, I, that's all. Hey, let's start off with that because Micah and Garrett had probably one of the most craziest experiences that <clears throat> I, I don't know. I, probably in your life. I don't know. Y'all, y'all probably had something crazier happen. I don't I've know. I've had a worse wreck, actually. Oh, really? Yeah. All right. So, so tell them, Micah and Garrett were on their way on vacation. And no, I wasn't invited on vacation with them, <laughs> but that's okay. Uh, they were on their way with their lovely wives. And what happened? Yeah. So we were driving down I 75 towards Florida. We just gotten out of Atlanta and it was three lanes and we were in the far left lane and it had just been raining a lot and someone was in the far right lane and they hydroplaned and came across the middle lane and came over and almost hit us head on. We we hit more of the driver's side than we did of the front of their vehicle, but they had almost gotten to the point where they were completely shifted around and... Um, I come all the way around, but I had tried to swerve out of the way, and so I hit them, and then hit the uh, guardrail right after that. So it was a double whammy, <laughs> completely destroyed Gosh. my truck. Uh, but we were relatively unscathed. I mean, we didn't have any major injuries. Um, we need to keep the lady that hydroplaned in our prayers because she. We don't really know exactly how she's doing yet. Um, she was in and out of the hospital. I don't know what her situation is. But as far as me, Micah, and Isabella, and Jenny, we're all, I mean, bruising and soreness was about the limit that we had. Yeah, um, I mean, just looking at the picture of the car that Isabella posted, it's a miracle to see you guys, you know, not further injured. Um, it was a crazy experience, too. I mean, and just the aftermath of it. It, it's something, and like I said, I've had another crash before. I well, I've had, I've hit a couple deer too. Being in West Virginia, they're all over the place. <laughs> you hit them all the time. Um, but I but in the college, there is you take them home and eat them. That's <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I have a crazy story that one of my uh, um, cross country coaches in high school told me about. He was in college, and they were running short on food, so they went out and uh, just shot a deer on the side of the road and hung it in the basement of their college house. No way. <laughs> and that's oh what goodness. they ate for the next two weeks. Oh they didn't have money gosh. to do anything else. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that's normal. But I was when I was in uh, college, I, I didn't hydroplane, but the roads were really slick, and I took a, road a, little, took a turn a little too fast and lost control and hit a tree and rolled down the hill and landed upside down, hanging by my seatbelt, and had to crawl up this hill. And oh it was crazy. It, that was a really bad wreck. Um, and it, it's it, there's you know both of our these wrecks, the one that I had in college and the one that we just had last week, they were 
pretty much equal as far as destruction goes. I mean, both cars were totaled. Um, both situations. I think I had a I had a concussion in the other wreck. I didn't have a concussion here, but definitely had more bruising and stiffness. Because um, you're the, older. Yeah, <laughs> maybe. getting old. But the only difference was, you know, the community aspect of it. When I wrecked by myself, we, um, I, I was by myself. I went through that all on my own, and so the aftermath of that was it easier this, to go through it. No, it, it wasn't. It, it was a lot easier to, as much as I hate to say it, you know, you don't want to have other people experience something like that with you, but it's easier to kind of share that experience with others than it is to go through it by yourself. And so, I mean, if we want to tie <laughs> that all in, that's how it sounds like you in. just did. Yeah. <laughs> but before we get in too deep, um, we said our title, uh, our title today was, uh, do, uh, how does our, do relationships with others affect our relationship with God? Is that effect or effect? <laughs> Don't <Huh>. ask me. <laughs> um, anybody, anybody, I'll, I'll say Garrett wrote effect. Yeah, I don't. I, in you know, uh, the text, I'm not sure if I'm right. I'm um, right. and mm. that's that looks right to me. So, grammar police out there. My wife. Uh, effect a paper, with an A just... is usually a verb, which means to impact or change. Mm. So I was so correct. I think you're in right. That. Yeah, because right. effect is a noun, so it's it's cause something that effect. is a result of the yeah. change. So that's how I yeah. try to remember yeah. it. But then I'm like, all right, cause and effect, and I'm like. Wait, is it effect or effect? Yeah. Like, it doesn't help me. Any. I just so feel good. I got a feeling. Effect. Chance. Think of go. it this way: effect is the result of effect. Huh? That makes sense. Yeah, there you, you go. See what yeah. I did there? Yeah. Huh. <laughs> so, yeah. How does our relationships with other? Yeah. How does it affect? change? Yeah. 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 I got you. All so. right. So, thinking about huh, you know, you mentioned we're talking about community, and does our relationship with others affect our relationship with God? I have read this in a book before. <clears throat> And you know uh, how to read? Barely, bro. When did barely. you learn? I never, I never got learned. It was like last year. I can't remember, gotcha. but it was, it was close. <laughs> uh, so I was reading this book by Ma- Malcolm Gladwell. Did you read Outliers? Mm-mm. I can't remember. I did not. you read? I don't. I thought I one of y'all read. I don't think I've heard of so it. So in the book, basically, he tells this story, and it is awesome. And people, I sometimes I see people bash, but people on the internet bash anybody uh, that maybe the <laughs> evidence is not as great. But in this book, basically, he tells the story of this Italian community. And it was these, uh, basically they were immigrants from Italy. They had moved over, and I think they were actually, they lived in West Virginia. Uh, it was either there or Pennsylvania. I can't did they remember. eat deer? Uh, maybe. <laughs> well, here's the thing. They did a study, and for some reason, these people, their like life expectancy and, and the way their, their health was with their heart, like outdid anybody else in the nation. Hmm. And so they do all these studies on them. And long story short, this guy from Oklahoma, this um, doctor, he goes and he does all these studies. And he says, why are these people different? Uh, and, and they do, they said, well, it has to be their diet. Well, the their Italian diet, I mean, they're eating fats and carbs and, yeah. and they're just, I mean, eating terrible. To so be it's not the I diet. Love, wasn't the diet Italian. at all. Uh, <laughs> they go back and they look and they say, well, maybe it's because uh, they don't drink or something. Well, they drank just as much as everybody yeah. else. And then they yeah. said, well, maybe it was, and they had all these different things uh, on what it could have been, and it wasn't anything. And the doctor, he was kind of like, "How? why are these people so healthy then? Like, mm. is it the area they live in? And they looked at areas around them, and everybody around them, like, died earlier too. Like, they were no different. So he said, it's not the area. So he's like, what is it? 
And they had come to find out, basically, the conclusion was that it was the way they went about life. And the way they went about life, it was a very open community. Mm. People's doors were always open. They mm. ate every single meal together. Families, um, and not just intermediate family, but... but um, distant families they would eat dinners together they lived together like grandmas and grandparents would live together with the uh with the brothers and sisters and the moms and dads like they all lived in one place uh they went to church together they went to uh basically everything they did was together and just the conclusion of it you know uh they were different. They were an outlier from everybody else because the way they lived in their community. And I just found that awesome. You know, we're talking about community I believe, and I truly believe that uh, even with that evidence from that book, and I think even if you search it online, I just Googled it, and the first article that popped up where science proves that people who often hang out with friends have a better mental and physical health. Hmm. And I, I believe it's true, you know. I think that's the I way just, God created That makes us. me really want friends. I wish I, <laughs> I'm just kidding. You're going to die well, I mean, soon. I think... <laughs> I think it, if, it, well, I was going to say, I think if we talk to Jethro... Uh, Tying this into scripture, Jethro is. Is that your, is that your cousin? Yeah, Jethro <laughs> cousin? sounds like someone that would be the cousin of a West Virginian. I have a feeling you've got a distant relative. His name so is see, Jethro. I'm not his or her. I'm name. from West Virginia, but my parents are from Pennsylvania, so all my distant relatives well, are Pennsylvania. Eh, it's just like those are like stepbrother and sister. I mean, like <laughs> okay. it's just like right there. It's all. Anyway, Jethro <laughs> was the father-in-law of Moses, and I think. He gave a piece of advice to Moses that really changed the course of Israel's history. You know, Moses was the the unofficial official first leader of Israel. Abraham was the father of Israel, but Moses pulled them out of slavery and began their road into becoming an established nation. And so Moses really was the first person to take grievances and to settle disputes and to act as a leader or a ruler would act. And and in Exodus 18, his father-in-law, Jethro, comes to visit Moses and see what the state of Israel is like. And he sees everything that Moses is doing. And and, and it says that... um, Exodus 18, starting in verse 13, it says, The next day Moses sat down to judge the people, and they stood around Moses from morning until evening. And when Moses' father-in-law saw everything that he was doing for them, he asked, What is this thing you're doing for the people? Why are you alone sitting as judge while all the people stand around you from morning until evening? And Moses replied to his father-in-law, Because the people come to me to inquire of God. Whenever they have a dispute, it comes to me, and I make a decision between one man and another. I teach them God's statutes and laws. And Jethro says, What you are doing is not good. You will certainly wear out both yourself and these people who are with you, because the task is too heavy for you. You can't do it alone. And so then Jethro goes on to to encourage Moses to establish a council, like people that kind of work together to settle these disputes, and if there's ever anything that was too far hard for them, then they would take it to Moses, and that's kind of almost like the first setup of a Supreme Court system that we have in America today, but the point of it was that Jethro is saying, listen, you have to have people around you to share this burden with. You can't handle spiritual matters all by yourself, or else it will just wear you out and wear you thin, and and I, I believe that if it wasn't for Jethro the leadership of Israel would have completely collapsed, and they wouldn't have made it 
into the promised land because Moses just wouldn't have been able to hold mm. the weight of the people and you know, all the disputes. This this was likely over two million people wandering in the wilderness at this one time, and there's no way that Moses could have handled it all on himself, and he needed this community to share that load with him. Yeah, and and I, and I know, like in my own personal life, I can't really speak into Moses's life any. Uh, I never got a chance to meet the guy. One <laughs> he's day, a good, a good guy. He's good. One day, Had maybe. A really long beard. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> um, so you know, I just think about like my own life. When whenever I, I my brother uh, is my um, I use this term kind of loosely because it's more than that, but my accountability partner, essentially. we And we always have good conversation, and he checks in on me, and I he checks in on me more, and I check on him. I try to. But, um, Is he the older brother? Yeah, yeah, he's my older brother. And uh, so... Like, I know whenever I'm struggling with something, um, you know, there are, you know, I, I talk to my wife about a lot, but there are sometimes some things that, like, I don't want to worry her with or like that, you know, we, you know, whatever. Um, and so I'll, if I'm struggling with something in ministry or, or something is just really eating at me, I'll, I'll text him. Like, he's one of the first people that I'll contact mm-hmm. and just be like, hey, man, um, pray for us, pray for me, you know, going through this. And he always... Um, has the ability to give me some sort of scripture or or some sort of biblically based words that that are an encouragement and and so in that respect community is so important. I mean, you look at the story of Jethro Moses, and I agree with Garrett. You know, if it wouldn't hadn't been for Jethro, uh, hopefully God would have sent someone else to do that job. Yeah. But if if that wouldn't have happened. Then I agree with Garrett that you're you're bound to fall if you're not set up with a community, um, mm. and you know you just see it. I think in our world today, there's so many that are solo leaders in whatever it is, whether it's a CEO or whatever. That you almost can so many times you Collapse see them inevitable. start to break. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean you even if it's not with their business, it's their personal life, mm-hmm. um, whatever it is. And I think there's so much stress and and things in our lives that if if we're just ourselves or if we try to keep it to ourselves. Man, it's just going. It's going to eat you up from the inside out, and and we see that with our, you know, middle school, high school students, young adults, you know, whatever it is, whatever that challenge is, whether it's school, whether it's that transition into college, whether you're in college, or whether it's that, to me, the more difficult one, it gets more difficult as life goes on. But the transition out of college into, quote unquote, the real world, yeah. right? Man, it's tough, and you've got to have someone that you can confide in, or at least at least someone hopefully multiple people, mm. um, some of your, and some from every walk of life. It's good to have a friend that you're not related to. It's good to have a, a relative. Uh, it's good to have people, someone that's older than you, someone that's younger than you. It's good to have a, a variant group of people, um, you know, like Christian was talking about, this community that uh, immigrated from Italy, and there was probably different ages, right? Like he said, grandmas and grandpas. There, it, it's community in that res, in that regard is a beautiful image of all these different people with all these different interests, likes, whatever, jobs, roles, coming together as one unit and saying, we're doing all of this together. And, there, and there, there's a beauty of that, that that can only be described to me as as as, as, a, as Christians, right? As, as yeah. followers, not multiple Christian nailers, but as followers of Jesus, right? There's an image there that just solidifies what we're called to but be. There's also a commonality. So, I mean, you can't really have community, C-O-M-M-O-N-A-L-I-T-Y. You're good. You can use it. You can use it. All right. You're allowed. You can't really, you can't have community unless you are 
sharing a unifying factor and so for like this italian community they it's their heritage Mm -hmm. um that's the bonding agent that's that what is is what brings them together and so for us as christians you know we have to find community oh yeah but that doesn't mean we find community just with some Rochambeau off the street. I mean, we're... Rochambeau. We're, uh, Rochambeau. <laughs> we used to call Rochambeau uh, rock, paper, scissors. Oh, okay. That was what so Rochambeau that, was. You know what that some word random is? Joe, I no? guess, would be. Oh, do we say a bad word on the no, podcast? Have you heard that? Rochambeau? Yeah, yeah, yeah I've heard that. I've never heard yeah. that in my life. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah we, we used to call Rochambeau like best of three. Yeah. We're selling t-shirts this week. Yeah. Rochambeau right on the front. <laughs> hey, $10. Uh, I'm going to look it up. Well, <laughs> you can talk and I'm going to figure out what that word means because I don't know. I hope Garrett used it wrong. Yeah, I just definitely just used it wrong there. The point I was saying is, is we're, for community to work as a spiritual discipline, we don't just go and find some random person. I, that's evangelism, going and finding people and, and teaching them about the Spirit, about about the truth of God. But community as a spiritual discipline is when we join together with other like-minded people that are filled with the Spirit mm-hmm. and and. And you grow in that together, and that's that's the unifying factor. That which, we have. which is what fellowship is. Is just, yeah, oh yeah, yeah. By finding those people who are like minded, we want people that you know point us and, and help us grow closer in our walk with God, and mm-hmm. and help us when when we, we need help. Galatians six uh, verse two it says, "Bear one another's burdens," mm-hmm. and we need that. You know, you the story you shared, like like we need to people in our life that are going to bear our burdens for us because you know we're going to struggle in things. And there's going to be things we need help in, but when we have a group of brothers of and sisters and and like Micah said, people that are older than us, younger than us, people that can bear our burdens, yeah. uh, that's going to be a blessing in the Christian walk. Have you guys? Do you guys ever rock climb? I I I wish I could. Okay, yeah. I, I mean, I've done like the rock climbing in the inside. Yeah, so far. yeah, yeah. We did one this weekend. My arms are actually still sore. Oh my gosh! It's yeah, awful. it wears you out because yeah. it's like doing pull ups constantly. Right, it's yeah. terrible. So, have y'all seen? Um, is it Free Solo? I almost mm. said Han Solo, but I've yeah. never watched Star Wars. Yeah, I have seen that. It's incredible. <laughs> All right, yes. All right, it's so, nuts. Um, what he climbs, uh, and actually, I actually watched a documentary yesterday with my buddies. It's uh, El Capitan. Uh, that is oh my in, gosh! Yeah, in, yes, in California, Yosemite. yeah, or Yosemite. Yosemite. How do you say it? Yosemite? Yosemite, Yosemite right, Sam. Yosemite Sam. <laughs> All right, so they did a documentary on. I think they were they were the first guys to actually climb the entire thing. Oh my gosh! And they did it. They were on this. They were on El Capitan for like 19 days. But what was climbing awesome? Yes, climbing. <laughs> El, so what they would do, do? They had these tents that you nailed. El, and y'all know El Capitan's straight. Yeah, yeah. And they would nail these. Even like, at one point, it's inverted. Yes, correct. it is yeah. crazy. So they would nail these tents, and they would stay up there, and they would eat up there, and in the tents. In the tents, they showed somebody using the bathroom up there. Like it was so <laughs> funny. And so there was this point. That basically is one of the hardest points to climb, mm. and uh, it's it's where you have to climb. No, it just wasn't even inverted. It was where you had to climb horizontally so that they could go back vertically. Mm. So it was. I think they said it was like three hundred feet that they had to climb, and they tried it when they were practicing months before. They had never got past it. So now <laughs> and they just went. They just <laughs> yeah. Now there's news crews there. There's their families. Now they have to do it. So they try. They try. I think it took them at least a day. Uh, two days they couldn't get past it well finally one of the guys he makes it past so he's able to make it past then they take all the ropes and they camp out well the other guy he had finally he tried for like another three days uh, and he couldn't do it so he said he's going to rest for two days tried it again couldn't do it so the other guy of course he's having to wait for the other guy Mm. he can't continue on so 
he has to get past this really hard part. He can't continue on without this other guy. So finally, the guy says, you know what? I'm going to be a good friend, and I'm just going to belay you, uh, and I'm not going to finish El Capitan. Even though I've trained for it, he oh wasn't going to finish. So the, as the documentary goes, uh, this guy, I think his name was Tommy. Uh, Tommy gets to the top, to the first pot, the, the probably like the first spot on El Capitan where you can actually stand up. And he gets to this spot, and the rest of the wall is just easy, especially for a rock climber like him. Yeah. He made it past the hardest part. But when he gets up there, he says, man, I was filled with so much joy. But then he kind of got like – he got a little upset and a little emotional. And as he belayed back down and he rappelled back down to his buddy, uh, and they stayed in the tent, that next morning he told him, he said, hey, uh, I'm not going to climb up the rest of the way. And his, his guy's like, what? He's like, you're going to get that. Uh, and he tells him, he says, I don't want to make it to the top without you. Mm. And, and he just kind of explains, he says, you know, it just wouldn't be the same feeling yeah. if I didn't have you with me. And, you know, I, th- I think in our, our Christian walk, it's the same. Like, you know, I want to I want to follow Christ and I want to do everything he says. But if I'm not having people coming along with me, it's not the same. Yeah. And uh, just, you know, they eventually, both of them end up making it. It's a beautiful story. Yeah. And it's great. And so it's a, like, is it like a... a- a documentary, or yeah, it's just is a documentary a, just wow. on them climbing. That's uh, really it was cool. pretty sweet. I can't I remember what it was watch, called. Yeah, that, that free solo is crazy. That he is does crazy. it with no harness. That guy, it's called is... free soloing when you just climb <laughs> it. He and he has no fear. Yeah, so just a quick, you have to have some guts. Yeah, to just do it. I don't remember. I mean, it, <laughs> like just a quick synopsis, but basically, when he goes to do it, there's camera crews and like. He know it's a documentary. He knows it's being put on. Like mm-hmm. they're filming it, and so he's like, "I feel the pressure." He's talking to his buddies. Like I feel the pressure of like, he lives in his van. Like he li- he has like a huh. it's like a sprinter van, yeah. you know, like a, a bigger van. He just drives around. Yeah, and he just lives in it, and like he hmm. cooks and everything in it, and and so he's like, "I feel the pressure of like I need to climb this because we've got all these crew camera crew people that are watching this." And they they interview the camera people too. They're like, "It's crazy because you're filming this guy, and he might just die." Like. It's it's all raw. Like he's just like they're like he's just climbing this, and like if he slips, no he dies. Nets, nothing. And so it's like they're like it's a really eerie feeling as he's climbing. Yeah. Of course, it takes hours and hours and hours. He has to start at like four a.m. to finish it by daylight, uh, and he's climbing. You know, I think in certain spots you can kind of sit, and like he takes like a few minute break just to like breathe and like reset. Uh, and at one point, there's there's a part in the wall where he, like, has to not be holding on to anything. And, like, he jumped. Like, it's like a jump. He makes, like, a jump to the next spot. And so it's just like this. It all – but what I was going to oh say gosh. was he, like, the day was scheduled. He gets up at, like, four, and, like, he climbs up, like, a third of the way. The easy part. That's, like, nothing. And he was like, guys, I'm not feeling it. And he comes back down. And so, like, for the next couple of days, he's, like, battling with, like, the am I mentally ready? Yeah. And then one day, he just wakes up and goes and starts climbing it. Like, they didn't – he didn't, like – it wasn't planned. Like he wasn't really. He didn't really tell them. It was like a couple guys saw him and like woke up the camera crew. It was like we got to get out there. Like literally, he was just like, just, "I'm gonna climb it." Yeah, like he yeah, just walked straight yeah. to the wall and climbed it. Like it's just like that mentality. It's really quite insane. Yeah, but, watch free solo. Yeah, it, it's you know. But getting back to community, um, yeah, like Christian said, it, there's something, and and that's what we had an elder that has passed away. It's been four years now, I guess, because it was like in my first year here. Um, he would say his kind of catchphrases. Anytime we planned an event or whatever, it was, you know, or is this event set around the ideology that we are getting closer to Christ, we're going to get to heaven, and we're going to bring people with us. Like, that was his his mindset. And, and of course, the gospel is deeper than that, but at the same time, in the super simplest way, is our, 
our goal should be to get to heaven and bring people with us, right? And so that's the the vision of community is is not leaving people behind and not not saying I'm gonna I'm gonna accomplish this even though someone else didn't get to is I'm gonna sacrifice part of what I what I want to get to get to so other people can come along with me. Yeah. And so it's 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 a great vision. It's a it's a great uh, image. And and I want to read um, in Acts. It's Acts chapter two. And and uh, Garrett will probably read a little bit of it to preface here in a minute. Um, why don't you start with that? Why don't you read with that? Yeah. Are you there in Acts? Yeah. So <clears throat> I think you mentioned one part of community earlier, the power of it in, in accountability, basically of thinking, you know, we need someone when we fall to be there to pick us up and pull us up. And when they fall, we're there to pick them up and pull them up. And so that's one part of, of community. Another part, and, and I'm very convinced of this, I, the spirit moves individually and moves in solitude, as we're going to talk about in our next um, episode. In, in next episode. But I think it really moves in community. Mm-hmm. And, and that is prefaced. And Micah talked about reading from Acts 2. And, and we see um, how important community was to the early church. But the prerequisite, the reason why community is so important is because what happens on the day of Pentecost, it says when, in in Acts chapter 2, it says when the day of Pentecost had arrived, they were all together in one place, meaning all of the disciples, all of the followers of Jesus, everyone who had committed to the way that he had provided were all together. And then suddenly a sound like that of a violent rushing, rushing wind came from heaven and it filled the whole house where they were staying, they saw tongues like flames of fire that separated and rested on each one of them. And then they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in different tongues as the Spirit enabled them. And the prerequisite to everything that the disciples did was that they did it together, that that they were all unified by the Spirit. And, and that Spirit came when they were all as one. And And, you know, maybe the Spirit would have came if they were all spread out, but I don't think that the movement of Christianity would have been as powerful or as persistent as it is without the community being established together with with them as one with the Spirit moving amongst them all. Yeah, and then you fast forward in Acts. Of course, we we get one of the greatest sermons ever uh, from Peter that that comes right after that where thousands are saved um, through that one sermon. And and then fast forward to Acts um, chapter 2, verses 42 through 47. It says, They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe, and many wonders and miraculous signs were done by the apostles. All the believers were there together and had everything in common. Selling their possessions and goods, they gave to anyone as he had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts. And this is kind of the uh, culminating, uh, encapsu- encapsulating. Yeah, that's right. Isn't it? Yeah, phrase that, that covers it all. They were all there together, glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. And you see so much. Uh, strength of a community there that that description of you know it, it like it said if someone had need they would sell their goods so it wasn't just it wasn't even a I'm doing really good I'm gonna pull people along with me it was a I'm doing really good maybe financially or whatever I'm gonna lose some of that 
so that I can, yeah. I'm going to drop myself back down so mm-hmm. that I can bring someone with me. And so there's a great vision there of community. It's a great, great picture of what it looks like to be in community. And the beauty of all of it, again, is that last verse in verse 47, that together with sincere hearts, they were praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. You know, we have disagreements with people. There are probably some people that if, you know, each of us and then listeners were honest, would be, be some people that were like, man, I just don't really like them. There had to have been situations yeah. of confrontation, of conflict in this. But they understood that each and every one of these people were followers of God, right? And it was a moment of praise to say, we're all in this together. We have the same. If you have a struggle, Christian or Garrett, that's my struggle too. you know. Or if you have a success, that's my success too. We get to live it together and all uh, encapsulating that with because of the Lord, yeah, and because of Him. That's awesome, like... Just seeing how the body of Christ worked in Acts chapter two, and you've—I know you guys have seen this in your own life—with when you have moments when people in your life that I know there's certain people in your life and in my life that will drop anything uh, to help you out. That yeah. they will that they will even give money. Yeah, I mean, you know they talked sure. about in Acts two, like they sold their possessions to help the believers. Like, yeah. like I know I have friends that are believers, very close friends that seriously, if I was ever in trouble and needed money, or if I ever needed anything, they would provide for it. Uh, you know, I, I think about even, um, even the situations in my life, the people in my life that show me that that I know would drop anything for me, or or who have maybe paid for a meal or paid for something for yeah. me or done something mm. out of the generosity of their heart. I just feel so close to Christ in that moment through yeah. community. Oh, yeah. I don't know. It's like I just feel like through the Holy Spirit, like our, our spirits uh, and God's spirit just connecting together in that moment. Yeah. You know, I have – my parents had lived in this house since eighth grade, and so we all kind of grew up in this house, and they just sold it to some of our best friends. So uh, basically – they're, they're, uh, so the dad of this household is my dad's youth pastor at the church. Wow. And uh, the mom is the secretary at the church. And so we didn't grow up always close. Like this, they just recently moved to our church, like when I was in, when I got to college. Mm-hmm. But we've known the family. And then eventually, so their son and me, we're the same age. We roomed together in college. We become best buds. Yeah. Still super good friends. And this connection with his family, like they feel like my family now. In no way are we related. Right. Uh, to be honest, we've only known each other really in depth for about six years now. Right. Uh, but the crazy part is my family has moved 100 yards over. My mom and dad just built a house and they sold them their house. Yeah. So our houses are 100 yards apart and we have uh, a pool that was at the old house. But since we're such good friends and, you know, part of selling it was like, hey, let's all hang together at the pool together. Yeah. So it's almost like it's their pool, but it's a community pool. And, right. That's and awesome. It's something about the community. Like, I know I could go to that family at any moment and they would take me. Like if something own. ever yeah. happened to my parents or if something ever happened with my family, they would be the first ones there. Yeah. And it's just, you know, knowing that we have no blood relation at all mm-hmm. and knowing each other for really honestly, closely for only like six years, I just know like the power of God that how God works through them and works through us and just the bond that's in there. Like, I don't know. There's just not a bond like that in in any other group that I can imagine other than Christianity, the bond through the Holy Spirit and through a community. Like Gary said earlier, that commonality and that's, that's Christ. Right. And, and really, you know, if you really um, broke it down, that might be the only real commonality you know you might have other things like oh yeah you know like we watch sports but you know whatever but like the only true and honest 
real commonality because we're so unique as individuals as humans yeah is christ and yeah. so there's a beauty of that so man if you're if you're listening and you're like oh i don't really you know like and that's and that's church also by the way church is community like you are the church we are the church but that's the reason we we come in like right now we've got you guys do it i think too in some respect we're doing some stuff online mm-hmm. we do live streaming and you know they feel right yeah and it's weird to you know and, and i get like some people are like well we're gonna stay at home it's just a little easier with kids yeah and and it's and and we've even heard that that expression of it's really the same thing i'm watching on tv at home or or at church but it isn't but it's not because that's the community right like you you get to see it on the tv yeah you get to hear the sermon and listen to worship and all that's good bucky's okay i guess <laughs> um but but you get to see the people man even if yeah. you can't hug up on them or, or high five them or whatever. I give foot fives to our players in baseball. Um, but like it's the, the ability to see people, man, to talk to them and just be like, how are you? You know, like, you know, what have you been doing? You know, like just building the ability to see and talk to people. And I'm sure you all felt that way as we've kind of, I think all of us have had some in-person services and and, in some capacity, but man, that's community is, is the people. And that's the church is people. And so many people get the wrong idea of, well, if I go to church on Sunday, I don't have to go Wednesday or, you know, or if I, I miss Sunday, but I watch the live stream later. Church is the checklist yeah. and not a yeah, that's not spiritual church, discipline. Man. That's yeah. not church. Church is the people. And, and, yeah. and, you know, we are the church. You are the church. And together in one community, we make up yeah. the big C church. That's what we call we, it. Christianity has had an issue ever since we made church a verb yeah. instead of a noun and in the sense that it's something that I want to go do. to church yeah, yeah. Uh, instead of it's something that I am yeah. or that I'm a part that of I live out. yeah so yeah. that yeah absolutely and yeah. you guys both of y'all and we're all in the same boat cuz none of us are from Russell County yeah and we all moved in to this community and in, I, we're in from off as they say here <laughs> in, in from, from where? Off. in from off oh, you're okay, in from yeah. From, from yeah, we're somewhere from else. Where, way off. And I, so I really feel this connection. I hope you guys too. If not, it's going to be awkward. No, I But uh, I feel the connection. Right, thanks for joining us. <laughs> <laughs> I really feel the connection of coming into a yeah. new place, especially yeah. we're all recently married. And the the community of Russell Springs, the church community, the Christians, like I just have a high, uh, I just have a high thought about them like I really think highly of them the way they've accepted me and my wife into the community and it's you know it's not it's that Christian bond that they've accepted us you know we don't know each other at first we didn't know each other but we knew we were going towards the same goal in Christ and just them being able to accept us and they've been there for us and they've provided for us you know if I didn't have that community I would struggle here uh, you know, I would move. To be honest, if I didn't have community anywhere, I would move out. We had a we had a, a guy that passed away. Um, I guess it's been seven, eight months, and I had ultimately it was tough, but I ultimately had the blessing of being there at the hospital with the family. And something that um, the, the the wife said really has stuck with me, and and you know, and that the family basically was just like, I don't understand how people get through situations like this yeah. without the church? How, how do people get through the heartache and, and the, the toughness of the decisions and all the stuff that happens? How do they get through it without that community? And that's it, man. I, well, I don't know how, and I, like Christian said, I don't know how people go through daily life alone. 
and it's truly alone. You know, I mean, it's I don't I don't I just don't know. I tell you what a good litmus test is what? for a church litmus test. Like a, is that like a lit Christmas? Get lit. <laughs> litmus. Litmus. That's what yeah. we're calling this year. Yeah, litmus. litmus. <laughs> I like that. Um, it's kind of like a barometer to to see what. Something is. To what? No, just kidding. <laughs> Barometer um, measures pressure yeah, for yeah. Those, all those at so, home. So it's a measurement tool, I guess. Um, no, a good litmus test for the church is to see, you know, if if you are an outsider or, or if you're someone that, like, as Christian talked about it, you're not from a community and you go into just another church that is in a different state or county as you, a litmus test is how how comfortable do you feel how welcome how welcome do yeah. you feel how yeah. how established do you feel in a place that you've never been before simply because you share that unifying quality of Christ and and you know that goes both ways it, it does our church you know what what we've talked about with our elders is are we a welcoming church that everyone comes in and they just feel the spirit of Christ if we're not that then we have some huge issues that we need to change. And so it goes both ways. We need to assess ourselves, our church, the, the the local congregation that we're a part of, and say, you know, in this litmus test, do other Christians come in and just feel comfortable, just feel as if they're a part of it? Yeah. And, you know, our test for other places, if we ever go to visit somewhere, is do we go into that congregation, that individual body, and just feel comfortable? Because yeah. And, and, and just to kind of put it into two practices that are are healthy for for practicing Christians out there. Uh, one, make sure you're a part of a community. Mm-hmm. Make sure you are a part of a community. And another one, like Garrett's saying, is make sure you're welcoming others yeah. into your community. Yeah, like make sure you're not blacklisting people or you know saying you know I I think of cliques with high schoolers. Yeah. You know you have your little community and your little friend group and no one else is allowed in. But but really. And it, and it's a spiritual discipline. This is what we've been talking about. It's a spiritual discipline to practice being in community because it that brings challenges. It brings challenges, and it's also a spiritual discipline to be accepting of other people into your community. So so do that. So and remember that denominations or different local churches, they're we're all bound or should be by the same unifying factor of Christ. Jesus. And, and there's no reason for us to ever say, yeah. no, I belong to this community. Or yeah. This community. Christian's a Baptist and we welcomed him on the <laughs> yeah, podcast. You know? Great. <laughs> well, you know, Paul was talking, who was he writing to the, the, which church? Um, I think it was the Corinthian church. I might be wrong. Correct me if I'm wrong, but he says, um, you know, some of you are saying I belong to Cephas, or some yeah. of you are saying I belong to Apollos, or some are saying I belong to Paul. No, we all belong to Christ. We are without Christ, none of this is possible. Yeah. Apollo, I might have planted the seed. Apollos might have watered it, but God made it grow. And yeah. I, I can't remember where he wrote yeah. that. Isn't Corinthian? No, that's good. I think, I think it is right. Corinthian. And, right. and so it's important for us to remember. You know, we shouldn't say. You know, oh, where do you go to church? Or where do you go? Oh, I go here. I like this. I like that. You know, it's not about where you go. It's about us all belonging to the same community who you with worship. different branches of that community. And you talked about the, the the litmus test, the test that you give, like, what is our church welcoming? So even in, Mikey, you mentioned it. Is, yeah, is our church lit or not? Uh, and Mikey, you mentioned it. Not only the building as a church, but... Are you as the church? 
Yeah. As a human being, as an individual, as the church of Jesus Christ, are you and your friends, are you welcoming people into your community? Yeah. Uh, are you a community that people feel safe in? Are you a community that people feel that they can thrive in? Are you can be honest and real? Be honest in? and real. They don't feel like you're yeah. going to talk about them behind or, their back. Yeah. Or maybe even a community that somebody can approach. Like, like I've had to, you know, in the years of whether I've been in high school or college or even out of college with my friends, am I in a community that we will welcome anybody, even if they don't look like us, act like us? Uh, and I think that's the hardest part is finding people who are different than us and think different. Right. Uh, but I mean, the body of Christ, we all have different gifts. We're all different. I, th- I think that if we truly want to put into practice good fellowship and good community as a spiritual discipline, we have to reflect on ourselves and see, okay, uh, let's do a deep reflection on us. And am I one of those who welcome people in? Mm-hmm. Am I one who somebody feels comfortable coming around to me no matter who they are? Uh, and that's what I want people to I want people to feel comfortable and I want people to feel happy when they're around me, I want yeah. people to feel that uh, that they are joyful when they're around me. That they just, you know, there's we all have those people that, gosh, I just hate to be around that person. Right. Everybody yeah. has those. I don't want to be that person. Yeah. I, I want to yeah. be someone who uh, I think displaying the attributes of Christ that I'm open for anybody coming in. Right. Yeah. And, and so as we kind of wrap, you know, I, yo yo, what's I, up? Yeah. Let's wrap. <laughs> Oh yeah, God. Garrett, your turn. Go ahead. Wrap, uh, as we kind of wrap things up with a W in front, um, we're six months out from Litmus, um, also known as Christmas. 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 Officially changed. Uh, yeah, and so really be thinking about that. Who you know? Don't worry less about you know about the you know like like Garrett was saying with denominations. Worry less about those things. Worry less about those, and worry more about who you're worshiping. Worshiping Christ and and who you're in community with and like Christian was saying, allowing others into your community, even if they're different from you, even if uh, there's something that, that makes them set apart from your community. Um, As long as you're unified. Yeah. Yeah. And and, and that's the point is you're letting them in. It's not because of what makes you different. It's Mm -hmm. because of what makes you the same. And that's, that's the, that's the key that we want you to grab onto uh, and use um, in your communities is, is, don't worry about what makes you different. Worry about what makes you the same, yeah. and that's Christ. And so that's really, you know, all we can say about that. I mean, there's no, there's nothing other than that 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 can give you any more information about community other than just saying Christ is what connects you. And so allow Christ to be the center of your community. Let me close this in prayer. Let's pray. God, we love you. We thank you. We just praise you for this opportunity to gather to discuss community. Thank you, Jesus, for giving us uh, scripture. God, thank you for your example here on earth with the disciples and, and starting uh, the, the movement of Christianity, God, uh, the, the way of living and just showing us what true community looks like. Thank you for giving us examples in other parts of scripture, uh, Lord, as to what community looks like. Help us to practice those in our lives. Help us to welcome others. Help us to find a community um, that we can belong to, not because of our interests or because of what we like to do, but because of Jesus, because of simply Jesus. Let that be our only connection to community that we're worried about, that we're concerned with. Lord, we love you. We thank you. Thank you for Jesus, his sacrifice, and his resurrection. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen.